We started off the week on some fun notes. Yesterday, we talked about the extent that some people will go to to find someone. And today, we finally reach it, the other end of the spectrum, when it doesn't work out. We all have a story about when love didn't work out in our life. Some amicable, a good amount of them not so much, and unfortunately, a few of them just horrific. But what I want to know is, what do you learn from that? And what do you do differently the next time around you meet someone? Today, you're going to meet someone who just recently got divorced, and she'll tell you how she's approaching it differently this time around. Take some notes, whether you're in a relationship or not. She has some really good points. Hi, I'm Matt Hayes, and this is episode number 15 of Meet a Stranger. It was early in September, on one of those type of days where you could feel summer starting to end and fall starting to say, hey, I'm here, remember me? I was grabbing a quick coffee with an old buddy of mine when he asked if an old friend of his could join us. And I said, sure, why not? Always up to say hi to meet new people. The three of us had a good old laugh talking about life. She was newly divorced and out dating again. She told me about why her marriage didn't work out, what she was looking for this time around, and what she didn't do last time when she met a guy that she's hoping to do this time around. Take a listen. You recently got divorced. Yep, in March, so just about over six months ago. How long were you married for? Four years. Was there one moment where you realized, we're done? Yes, I can pinpoint it exactly. Um, we had actually been sleeping in separate rooms for some time it just worked better for us and he had walked into my room one night looked at me dead in the face and said I want to have kids just not with you um and my response was well I hope you understand that is a deal breaker for me and he said yes and so then we started the process you say it so nonchalantly to me now but what were you feeling like after he said those words were you guys trying to have kids I had thought we were I had gotten married literally the day after my 30th birthday uh-huh So from that point, I thought we'd been trying to have kids. I knew obviously females are on a little bit more of a time constraint. So when he said that to me, it was one of those where I'm like, oh, I guess I was trying and he was not. And it just flipped like that and didn't have any warning, just out of the blue. That's amazing. Now that you look back on that, where are you now that it's been a couple of months out? Are you dating? Are you hoping to get married? What What are you thinking about the future now? Dating, yes. Definitely having fun doing that. Marriage would take someone very special to do that again. It's you learn a lot. I wasn't married that long, um, but you learn a lot about how to coexist with someone. Mm. And that it would take someone very special to make that sort of commitment. I don't have a problem making a commitment to someone, but that level of commitment would have to be the right person. You mentioned about cohabitating with someone. Did you think about that when you married him in the, in the first place? Were you thinking about what that would be like, or was it not even something you were thinking about? Um, I had lived with him, so I, we actually were long distance for about six months. Um, I had lived in Louisville, Kentucky. He was up here. So when I moved up here, I moved straight in with him. So we had been living together for about a year and a half prior to being married. Looking back, hindsight being 2020, we never had an actual argument until after we got married. Mm. Maybe a little disagreement, but never had, what's this person like when they're mad? And that was eye-opening once I got married. But, you know, up to that point, it was just sunshine and rainbows. And you're like, oh, this is what married life is like. Wrong. Not at all what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> so cohabitating, I don't have a problem with that. There's ways around that to be happy, to make it work. It's you have to see the person in their worst before you can make that lifelong decision. 
So going forward, if there was someone that you thought that you could spend the rest of your life with, how are you going to approach it differently with them? You know, what are you going to look for in them that you might have not looked in before that, you know, what, what, what did you learn from that experience before when you married the guy that you can bring into now? Honestly, I am not a patient person, but I would date someone longer. Um, we had dated a year and a half, got engaged and was married within six months of being engaged. And so two years, you're like, oh, that's a good amount of time to date. I, I would highly disagree with that now, um, which is hard because, again, I'm older. I want to have kids. And the thought of dating someone for longer than two years is, like, mind-boggling because you're like, wait, I, I'm on a clock here. I have to do stuff. But I don't have to be married to have kids. Yeah. And that's kind of the mentality I'm going into my dating with is, is this somebody that I can cohabitate with, that could get there, that if it happens, I, it happens and you have a kid. But um, it, the biggest thing is just you really have to know as much as you can about the person and have those disagreements. It cannot be sunshine and rainbows because it does not last. You said that you and your ex were sleeping in separate beds uh, by the time that the two of you decided to get divorced. Was that something you enjoyed? Is there something there that maybe you can bring into your next relationship? Or was that something that you just did because you two couldn't stand being around each other? No, it's not that we couldn't stand being around each other. It's just we had very different sleeping patterns. He snores like a bear and I toss and turn. He's a very light sleeper. So every time I would turn, he would wake up. If he started snoring, I would wake up. So we found out that it worked best for us. We had a four-bedroom house. His room's right next to mine. We have different mattress preferences. It's hard to put all that into one bed when you're so used to tossing and turning, making sure you're comfortable. Now you have to worry about someone else being comfortable, and it just adds more stress to the relationship because then you're tired, then you're, <laughs> you know, it, the resentment grows so easily when you're tired. Yeah. And someone else is to blame for you being tired. It's so true that you don't really truly learn about a person until you see them when they're not at their best. We all have our bad days and moments. We're human. But how we react and deal with it in the moment and after the fact can say so much. But the one thing that really intrigued me, the separate beds. I mean, there are so many things that we see, especially in America, that are just the tradition of how you do things in the country. You get married, you get that big house in the suburbs, and you share a bed, and that's just what you do because that's what we see. But what if we did life differently? What if the way we set up our lives and our relationships cause more of a problem with our relationships than we realize? I mean, how many relationships could be saved by just having your own bed to sleep in at night? More on that tomorrow. Thanks to stranger number 15, and watch out for all those old rich men. Coach bags aren't worth it, girl. And thank you, dear listener, for taking time to meet a stranger today. If you have a story you'd love to share, I'd love to hear it. You can slide into my DMs on any of those evil social media channels. Just find me at Go Meet a Stranger. Until tomorrow, I'm Matt Hayes. Onward.